Well, I want to give a shout-out welcome to those that are watching online in our city, our province, our nation, around the world. We are honestly so honored that you chose to be a part of this worship experience. Well, next Sunday, we're going to begin a four-week sermon series before we step into our Christmas sermon series. Isn't that hard to believe we're saying Christmas already? And, uh, but we're going to take four Sundays to explore the four most common questions that I, as your pastor, have been asked lately. I mean, there's some common themes where people are coming up to me or they're emailing me, they're talking to me, they're saying, Pastor, I'm wondering about this. Can we sometime talk about this? What is your view of this? What, what is God saying to you about this? So if you look at my bulletin article, we're going to tackle some interesting topics. Next Sunday, we're going to look at the, the question that I'm asked, are we really in the end times? I get asked that question every single week. Pastor, are these the last days? Is this it? Is Christ coming back soon? Are we really in the end times? The second question that we're going to explore, and I'm asked this in many different ways, but it kind of boils down to this What's the big deal about speaking in tongues? Tell me about that. What is this about? And talk to me about this. Explain this better to me. And then in the third message, we're going we're gonna to walk through uh, something that, that that's, I'm asked all the time. What is our response to the LGBTQ plus conversation? Uh, Pastor, how, 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 do we, how do we respond? What, what would you say to us? Help us with that. And then the final question we're going to explore, I'm asked this a lot, is, Pastor, where are we as a church heading in 2020? What is God saying to you, saying to the leadership, where are we heading as we step into 2020? So that's the FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, and we're going to walk through some interesting topics, aren't we? And uh, I just invite you to come with hearts that are open, and uh, we're just going we're to we're explore God's Word and just talk about some interesting subjects But this morning, on this Unite service, I want to wrap up an eight-part sermon series that's been called I Pray. And we've been taking eight Sundays to break down the eight different prayers in the Lord's Prayer. How many of you people, when you were in school, you recited the Lord's Prayer when you were in school? Anybody like me? We did that every day. We'd sing the national anthem. Remember that? And then we'd pause and we'd together say the Lord's Prayer. And I, I thought it'd be kind of cool if we together said the Lord's Prayer. I know you've been up and down. I promise you I won't get you standing up and down a lot. But could you stand one more time, please? Just one more time. Come on, we're doing the Lord's Prayer. And uh, in case you're like, I don't know the Lord's Prayer, good news. I've got the words on the screen. Will that help you? And uh, so can we together, from youngest to eldest, can we together lift our voice and say, I mean, if we don't say it, we can sing it. No, I won't do that. It might become a solo. I'm not going to do that. Are you ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation... But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, in this final message, for a couple of moments today, I want us to zero in on the last prayer 
of the Lord's Prayer that we are calling it today the Prayer of Blessing. I think I know the answer, but allow me to ask the question. How many people want to live under the blessing of God Almighty? If that's you, lift up your hand. How many people want to live under the blessing of God? Of course we do. We want God to bless us. We want to live under the blessing of God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, it says, For yours is the kingdom. Can we say that word kingdom together? One, two, three. Kingdom. And the power. Can we say the word power? One, two, three. Power. And the glory. Come on, let's say the word glory together. One, two, three. Glory. Forever. Amen. I mean, in this prayer blessing, we are calling out to God that His, His kingdom and His power and His glory would be in our life forever. Forever. Forever is a long time. And I want to talk today about three things. And so I've got three chairs on the platform here. And this chair right over here is going to represent his, the kingdom. The kingdom. And this chair right here is going to represent his power. And this chair here is going to represent his glory. And at the end of the prayer, it says, amen. You ever wonder what the word amen means? It's a word of agreement. When you say amen... At the end of your prayer, you're in essence saying, so be it. I'm agreeing with you, God, for this. You and I, God, are agreeing, so be it. And so we're praying the prayer of blessing. We're asking that his kingdom, his power, and his glory would be in our life today and at all times. Amen. So be it. So I want to walk you through today three things, just three things. What kind of life does God bless? Number one, God blesses those that seek his kingdom. I want to challenge everyone in this place from youngest to eldest to seek after his kingdom. Let me explain that to you. Let me start with God's word. There's an amazing verse in Matthew 6, verse 33. You probably know this verse, but seek first his kingdom. Not second, not third, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let me read that to you from the Living Bible. He will give them to you if you give him first place in your life, and you live as he wants you to. So let's talk for a few moments about about his kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? What is God's kingdom when it's in your life now? I can boil it down to this. When God's kingdom is in your life, it simply means that he rules and he reigns in your life. He's got first place. The kingdom of God is wherever you allow him to rule and reign in your life. When you say, God, you're the king of this. Back in Bible days, they understood kings and they understood kingdoms. And when there was a kingdom, there was a king. And the king obviously was the king of the kingdom. And the king was in charge of the kingdom. And when we're inviting his kingdom in our life, we're inviting Jesus to take control and rulership and first place in that area of our life. So I want to give you an acrostic today. And you'll you'll see in your notes, F-I-R-S-T. It's not profound, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle five areas that we don't often and quickly talk about. In fact, they're sometimes a little uncomfortable to talk about where, where, where we're inviting Jesus to be first place in this area of our life. F stands for finances. I mean, I meet people all the time that say, my finances are a mess. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. 
I don't know how I'm going to get through another week. I don't know how this is going to happen. Here's the first question I ask them. Are you tithing? I mean, where you start by putting God first in your finances is you start by giving him a tenth of all that you make. I was taught that as a young boy. I can remember my first real job. I guess you would call it a real job. I had a a paper route. Anybody have a paper route before? I was delivering 40 papers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Back in those days, you had to collect the money on Thursday from all your customers. And I'm delivering 40 papers six days a week. I made a grand total, get ready, $5 in one week. Five bucks, five, that's all I made. And I would give 10% of the $5 every single Sunday. I'd bring it to church and I'd give it back to the Lord. Evelyn and I have decided in our journey that we are going to give him the tenth. Moms and dads, teach it to your children, boys and girls. If you make money in the house and you're giving money because you're doing chores, give a tenth to God. It's a great start. The Bible says in Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Who does the tithe belong to? Shut it out. The tithe belongs to the, to the Lord. To the Lord. In fact, Malachi gets so strong with the people of Israel... He says that if you don't tithe, you're a thief. You're stealing from God. I don't want to steal from God. I'm asking you today, if you want God to be first in your finances and you want him to bless your finances, you got to start with the tithe. And so I challenge you with that today. Letter I is interest. Interest. What does the scripture say? So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I thought about that. What are the interests of our life? Well, your career. Is, is Jesus the center of your career? Or are you the center of your career? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Or are you doing what you want to do? Your career. How about your hobbies? Is Jesus the center of your hobbies? How about your recreation? Is Jesus the center of your recreation? Of all your interests in life, put Jesus first. If you want him to bless your career, put him first. If you want Jesus to bless your business, invite him into your business. Amen? If you want Jesus to bless any area of your life... Put him in the center of your life. Put him number one in your life. Honor him in your interests. R stands for relationships. In fact, there's an amazing scripture in 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And so if I want Jesus to be the center of of my relationship, the first thing I need to do is give my heart to God. And perhaps you're sitting here today and you've never asked Christ to be the center of your life. Before this service comes to a close, we want to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be the center of your life. Some of you today are married. Evelyn and I have been married for 33 years. I mean, 33, isn't that hard to believe? 33 years. And I've learned that there's needs that she can't meet for me, and there's needs that I can't meet for her, and I'm wrong if I'm expecting her to meet a need in my life that only Jesus can meet. Some people teach you that, well, you'll be complete when you are married. That alludes that if you're not married, you're an incomplete person. I want to say today, the only one who can complete you is Jesus Christ. But I've learned we got to put him first in our marriage. Every day we get up, Evelyn and I pray together. We put him first in our marriage. We put him first in our family. We put him first in our friendships. And I ask you today, is Jesus first in your relationships? Then there's letter S, your schedule. I'll tell you what your priorities are in life. Just show me your calendar book. Show me where you are spending your most time. 
I mean, you and I know talk can be cheap. We can say Jesus is first, but we never go to church. We can say Jesus is first, but we never read our Bible. Talk can be cheap. Where do you spend your time? Here's two things that I've learned to do. Number one, number one, I give Jesus the first of every single day. When I started the journey of working out, I'd get to the gym real early. And I started to feel guilty. Not that it was wrong to go to the gym early, but I was given the best part, the early part, the first of my day to my physical well-being. But now I give the first of my day to my spiritual nutrition. I spend the first of my day in the pages of God's Word. Well, the second thing I've learned, and you've already got it, give them the first of the week. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to come to the house of the Lord. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other, right? Are you with me today? Come on. I need you, you need me, and we need each other. How many people are glad for the family of God that we can come to church and worship? Come on, how many people are glad that we can come to church and we can worship together? You give them the first of your day, and you give them the first of your week. You gotta give them the first of your schedule, and then letter T is your trouble, your trials. I mean, have you ever looked to God when you've had a problem and said, God, don't worry, I got it, I'll fix it? How how many people know when we try to fix things, we usually ruin things, am I right? How many people know you're better to surrender it to God and let him fix it? He's the one. He's The first thing you need to do if you want him first in your troubles is give him your trial, give him your trouble, give him your pain, give him your sickness, give him your problem. Offer it to the Lord. The Bible says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. You see, the first thing is, if you want God to bless your life, you and I have to learn, we've got to learn, we've got to learn to seek his kingdom first. We've got to say, God, not my plans, but your plans. Not my will, but your will. Not my my agenda, but your agenda. I need people to say, oh God, please come and bless me today. Bless what I am doing today. I no longer ask God to bless what I'm doing. I look for what God is already blessing, and that's what I do. Are you hearing me today? I want Jesus to be first and foremost. I want him to be number one. I want him to be my everything. I want him to be my all. And from youngest to eldest, If you want to live under the blessing of God, seek his kingdom. Put him first in your finances. Put him first in your interests. Put him first in your relationships. Put him first in your schedule. And put him first in your trials. But then there's number two. Number two, God blesses those who depend on his power. I've got a question for you today. Have you ever felt tired and weak and weary and discouraged. Anybody willing to admit that? I've, I've been there. Come on, anybody? Thank you, 10 honest people. You, you wonderful, great people who have never had that experience. Come on, how many people? Have you ever felt weak and tired and discouraged and down? And I can't get through the day. I mean, I mean, you got to hear me today. Whoever you are and whatever you're walking through, you don't have to face life in your own strength. You can walk in life in the strength of Almighty God. Isn't that good news? So I want to walk you through a few thoughts today, and I want to show you a scripture in Psalm 84, verse 5, where it teaches us that, God, you bless all who depend on you for their strength. If you want God to bless you, depend on him for your strength. 
I love Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. So those who rely on faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now, there's a lot of things I can talk to you about today, about depending on his strength, but, but I'm just going to talk to you about two things, two things. And the first thing I want you to write in your notes, and this is a big one, by taking God risks that are out of your comfort zone. I've got to be honest with you today. It's way too easy to be a comfortable Christian. And when you're a comfortable Christian, you lose out on the rich blessing of God. I believe God wants to stretch you. I believe God wants to take you and I out of our comfort zone. I believe God wants us to do things that we've never done before. If we want to reach people that we have never reached before, we just might have to do some things that we have never done before. I'm praying that God would give us God visions, and a God vision is always bigger than a human vision. A God vision means that it will only happen if God shows up. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand, but I want to challenge all of you today to be open to being stretched outside of your comfort zone. I just want to show you a few scriptures, three scriptures to be exact. One is in Genesis 12, verse 1. Remember Abram? Everybody say Abram. One, two, three. Abram. One day God spoke to Abram, and he said to him in Genesis 12, 1, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Can you imagine Abram going to his family and says, we're leaving, where we're going? I don't know. When will we get there? I have no clue. Why are we doing this? Because God told us. I tell you, there's a man of faith who obeyed God, went to where he didn't know, and listened to the voice of God, left what he knew to go to what he didn't know. I, I, I really want to be a guy that's so obedient to God like that. But here's, here's, here's the next one. I've got to stand for this one because this one is cool. And I've read this scripture so many times. And I have to tell you today, I think I have preached this scripture a little wrong from time to time. And it's a story of Moses leading the Israelites when they came to the Red Sea. Do you remember there's like a million Israelites and they're all whining and complaining to Moses, we want to go back to Egypt. We don't like this. We want to go back. We don't want to do this. Take us back to where we were. Take us back. And look at Exodus 14, 13. Moses answered the people, I'm in the rape before the Red Sea. There's mountains to the north. There's a desert behind them. And there's an army of Egyptians chasing after them. And Moses stood up like the man of God. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And all the church goes, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's great preaching, pastor. But that's not what God said. That's not what God said. That's what Moses said. And you're like, Mark, are you right? I'll tell you, I'm going to show you the next verse. Now, now, before I read the next verse, come on. Moses said, don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord's going to fight for you. You just got to be still. Be still and know that I am God. Picture all these Israelites standing still, but then the Lord spoke. Moses said, be still. And in verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Come on, man. Can you imagine 
Moses looking back at the Israelites say, you know the word I just gave you? That's not the word of the Lord. I thought it was the word of the Lord. Have you ever had a word that you thought was the word of the Lord, only discover it wasn't the word of the Lord? I mean, he, he, he had just proclaimed to them all, stand still and we shall see the deliverance of the Lord today. And God looks down and says, now, step out. And so here's Moses saying, we're supposed to move on. Oh, come on, would you like to be Moses? I mean, you're leading the people, and there's this great, big, intimidating Red Sea. But you know the scripture, the moment he stepped forward, the miracle took place, and the waters parted. And the million Israelites got through the Red Sea. And when the Egyptians came chasing after them, the waters caved in and the horse and the rider was stuck in the mud. And God brought the greatest victory, not because they stood still, but because they took a step of faith out of their comfort zone. Come on. How many people want God to teach us to be a God risk taker? Can I show you one more scripture? I want to talk to you about eagles. Eagles. And I want to read to you Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. And and keep it on the screen, please, as I talk about this for a couple of moments. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. I mean, Mama Eagle has baby eagles. And we call baby eaglets eaglets. And I want you to picture a nest that's way up in the cleft of the rock. And there's this nest way up in the cleft of the rock. And there's these little eaglets in the nest. And Mama Eagle goes out and gets the worms and brings the worms to baby eaglets and feeds the little baby eaglets and hovers over the baby eaglets and keeps them warm at night and, 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 and just takes care of them and smothers them and, and takes care and feeds them. And I mean, and that's just taking care of them one day. Mama Eagle says, enough, you're old enough to do this on your own. And Mama Eagle takes her beak and picks up baby eaglet and goes outside of the nest and lets go of baby eaglet. And baby eaglet's trying to fly, doing its best to fly, and it's not going so well. And baby eaglet's going to the ground, and it's not going so well. So mama eagle swoops down and catches baby eagle under her wings and brings baby eagle back into the nest. And baby eagle's back in the nest going, that's not a good day. I hope we never do that again. And mama says, we're going to do that in the next day. And eventually, baby eagle learns to soar like an eagle and fly on their own. I don't know about you, church. I don't want God to coddle me. I don't want to be a comfortable Christian. I want to be a Christian that takes God risks for the kingdom of God. I want to be like Abraham. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll I'll go and I'll do. I want to be like Moses. Stand still. No, no, no. God, if you're telling me to step out by faith, I'm going to step out by faith. Hear me, church. Stepping out by faith is taking a God risk, but the blessed life depends on the power of the living God, not by my might, not by my power, but by his strength and by his power. I think God Almighty wants to take the little eaglets and get them outside of the nest, and he wants to do great things so we can soar like an eagle 
go and do great things for the kingdom of God. Hear me, church. The best day for this church are the days ahead. But God is saying to me, to say to you, we got to take some God risk for the kingdom of God. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord God. The second thing I want to share with you before I come to the final point, number two, by not giving up when you're discouraged or afraid. I mean, I mean, when you depend on his power, you don't give up when you're discouraged or afraid. Have you ever been discouraged? You ever been afraid? Mark and Evelyn have been walking alongside a number of people that are walking through cancer. One is our neighbor that lives a few doors down from us, and we've been journeying with our neighbors through their most difficult life circumstance, and it's tough, and and there's a lot I can share with you about that, but we're coming alongside them. And there's another couple, a, a pastor and his wife, they're in their early 40s. And back when we were pastoring in the greater Toronto area, they came on our team as youth pastor, and they got married, and, and, and we've been tracking with them in the journey. They're now in their early 40s, and we saw them this summer at a Pentecostal camp in Coburg, and, and, and Lisa looked great, but about a month later, Lisa's stomach was all swollen out, and she went to the doctor to discover that she has cancer inside of her. And before long, she's experiencing surgery, and they removed this large tumor inside of her, and they removed some of her stomach, and they, they removed another organ in her body, and it's serious cancer that she's up against. And she just started her chemo treatment, and it didn't go so well, and she's back in the hospital. And Evelyn's sending her texts every day, I'm praying for you. Here's a scripture, and I'll tell you, this couple is leaning on the power of the living God. And there's some of you today, you're feeling down and low and discouraged. I've got a word for you today. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His power is greater than your problem. His peace is greater than your pain. Jesus can do what no one can do. He is the way maker. Do you believe that this morning, friends? Do you believe this this morning? We've got to learn to depend on his power. So number one, we got to seek his kingdom, right? His kingdom. Jesus be the center of my life. Number two, we've got to learn to depend on his power. But then there's number three. Number three, I want to talk to you about his glory. And I want you to write this in your note, that God blesses those who live for his glory. I mean, before this service comes to a close today, you've got a decision to make. And I've got a decision to make. Who do you want to receive the glory Is it about you or is it about Jesus? Psalm 115, 13 says he blesses everyone who honors him. I mean, God blesses everyone who gives him the glory. God blesses everyone who honors him. And there's probably a lot I could say, but I want to leave you with two things. Number one, how can you live a life that gives him the glory? By using your gift, the gift that God's given you to help others. As I look out to you today, God has given every one of you today a gift. And this is going to sound like a heavy, and it is a heavy, but an unused gift 
equals an unmet need. I can't meet everyone's need. You can't meet everyone's need. But God has done something in you, and now he wants to do something through you. I believe that God wants to fan to life the gifts that he has placed in the body of Christ. I believe that this church will reach its greatest potential when everyone is functioning in the gift that God has given them. And there's an amazing scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and verse 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others. So faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very word of God. If you serve, do so with the strength that God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's go back to Abraham. Look at Genesis 12, verse 2. God says to Abram, his name was changed to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. You see church, God said to Abram, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. And God has blessed me so I can be a blessing. And he's blessed you so that you can be a blessing. Hear me church, I believe in you but you need to hear more than I believe in you. God believes in you. And there's a whole number of people sitting here this morning that I've got a fear in me, a concern in me, that you don't think God can use you. Hear me, God can and wants to use you. Do you believe that? Come on, Woodville, do you believe that? God can and he wants to use you. You seek his glory by using the gift that God has given you. But lastly, you do so by sharing the good news with others. And I just want to end with some scriptures and I want to I just want to share a couple of stories and then we're going to then we're going to stand and we're going to pray and we're going to open this altar but but I'm gripped by 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2 you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts known and read by everyone Paul said this to the church in Corinth you're our letter written on our hearts known and read by everyone. Look this way. Did you know that the only Bible that many people will ever read is your life? Did you know that you've got classmates in school, neighbors on your street, co-workers at work who have never opened the Bible and the only Bible that they've ever read is your life? I thought about that. What translation would I like to be? I'd like to be the living Bible. Amen. I want to be the living Bible. I want when people see my life that they see Jesus. Anybody with me today? I want when they see my life. I want them to see Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.15. Paul said, all this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Man, that's a powerful verse. Don't miss it. The grace that is reaching more 
and more people may cause the thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Wouldn't it be great if every single person in the greater Ottawa area had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Come on, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? 2 Corinthians 9.22, Paul said to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save someone. Paul said to the church in Rome, Rome, Romans 10, 14, and 15, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one who they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There's a gentleman sitting in this service right now. His name is Jim. I've known Jim for a lot of years. And I've seen that man go into seniors' homes. I've been in the seniors' home where I've gone to visit a congregant only to see him sitting at a piano leading a cluster of seniors in hymns. I've had people lately come to me and say, Pastor, there's a bunch of us that are now going to a senior's home and running a service in a senior's home. And then I've had another group of people say, Pastor, we're going to this senior's home and we're running a service in that senior's home. And I started to think about seniors' ministry. Now, now think about it. Biologically, who's closer to eternity? The babies in the nursery or the seniors in the seniors' home? I don't know about you, but I'm pretty moved that we've got congregants going into seniors' home, sharing the love of Jesus Christ with people that are closer to eternity than the babies in the nursery. And we need to celebrate people using their gift to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you take a moment and celebrate people using their gifts? I have a dream. I have a dream that God uses you and the gift that he has given you from youngest to eldest. I have a dream that every single person in this place would have the fire of the living God on them, that they would share the good news of the love of Jesus Christ, that they would be the living word, that they would be his hands extended. They would be the heart of God to the city that so desperately needs the Lord. But as I close this message... I want to take you to a scripture that's helped me understand this better. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3 because the church of Corinth was getting so divided. Some people said, I follow Paul. Some said, I follow Apollos. I want Apollos. I want Paul. And Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and he said in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 3, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Can I push pause? There were people out in the parking lot today greeting you and welcoming you as you parked your cars. There was people at the doors greeting you. There's people that show up early morning, go out in the parking lot on the coldest of the coldest days with a smile on their face. They are a part of leading people to Jesus Christ as much as I am on this platform preaching today. 
Are you with me, friends? Their smile, their warmth, their welcome can prepare the hearts of people to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. Paul said in verse 6, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. We are co-workers in God's service. I got a feeling when we get to heaven, people are going to come up to us and say, do you remember when you did this and when you said that? That was part of my journey of moving towards asking Jesus Christ to be my personal Lord and Savior. I say to this place today, some plant, others water, but God gives the increase. And may we together be co-laborers and co-workers for the glory of God, sharing His love. So church... How many people want to live under the blessing of God? Come on, how many people want to live under the blessing of God? How many people want to live under the blessing of God? Seek His kingdom in every area of your life. Don't just seek His kingdom. Depend fully on the power of God. There is no one like our Jesus. He is all-powerful. And don't just depend on his power. I think we need to learn to live for the glory of God Almighty. I'm inviting us as a church to do all we can in the days ahead to reach people for Jesus Christ. I believe the best days for Woodville are the days ahead. And he wants to use you and all of us for his kingdom. Can we get on our feet? Can we give one loud clap offering of praise? Come on, can we get on our feet? Come on, Woodville, can we get on our feet and give one loud clap offering of praise? One loud clap offering of praise to God Almighty. As the musicians come forward, I want to share with you one more story. And then we're going to open this altar. It was last Sunday night. Our monthly prayer night. You see, we understand prayer is the foundation to make the difference for what God wants to do. Prayer is the engine that helps a church to step into its destiny. I walked into the auditorium and There's an intergenerational group that comes to prayer, and it's growing. Hundreds of people are coming to the prayer gathering. If you've never come, you got to come and check it out. But here's the story. One of the eldest ladies in our church, she's 95 years old, showed up on a Sunday night, sitting in the front row, ready to have a prayer meeting with her church family. That warmed the heart of her pastor, 95 years old. Come on, 95 years old. God wants to release blessing. 
How many people want to live under his blessing? Amen? We've got to learn to seek his kingdom. Depend on his power. And live for his glory. His kingdom is wherever you put Jesus in the center. It's wherever you put Jesus, number one. His power is when you say, God, I can't do it, but you can do it. God, there's disease in my body. Doctors are doing what they can. But God, I need you to do a miracle. Lisa, our pastor friend, needs a miracle of the Lord. How many people believe that even though doctors are doing all they can, we got Dr. Jesus who can step in and do the supernatural in her life. Jesus can heal her diseased body. Jesus can take that cancer out of her body. How many people believe Jesus can do a miracle in her body for his glory and his honor? And when a church says, it's not about me, but it's all about you, God releases his blessing. Every head is bowed and everyone's eyes are closed in these final moments. In just a moment, I'm going to open this altar and we're going to pray for the supernatural. We're going to believe that God would step in and do miracles in this place. But as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, before before I open this altar, my question is pointed and direct. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Was there a time and a place, a moment that you asked Jesus to be the center of your life? You asked him to forgive you of your sins. You see, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. The Bible says it's grace you're saved. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. It's grace. Have you personally asked Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sins? In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And I don't know everybody in this auditorium. There's many of you I don't know. And there's many that are watching on live streaming. And you've never asked Christ to be the center of your life. And if today was the day that you died, you're, you're not certain where you would spend eternity. We can't, we can't, we can't close church until we give you this opportunity. Because this is, this is so important. Perhaps you're standing here today and you're like, Mark, years ago I did this, but... I just showed up today, and I, I, I need to get my life on track. I, I want Christ to be the center of my life. I want to be included in this prayer. I'm just going to count to three. And if you would like to be led in a prayer of asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and be the center of your life, after I count to three, as our heads are bowed, I want you just to lift your hand. And by lifting your hand, you're letting me know, Pastor, I, I, I want Jesus in my life. I, I want to be ready for heaven. I want to be led in this prayer. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three. If that's you. You can just lift it up. and You can put it down after you lift it up. God bless you for your honesty. A number of hands have been lifted. You can put your hand down. If you lifted your hand, I, I just want to lead you in this prayer. And often at Woodville, we join you as you pray. So let's, let's join these wonderful people as we pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I repent of my sin. Be the center of my life. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I pray this now, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate salvation. Celebrate salvation. You know, we talk about taking a step of faith. There's a number of people that took a step of faith and asked Jesus into their life. Isn't that cool? And in just a couple of moments on your way out, if you did that, drop by the follow wall. We got a Bible for you, a little booklet for you. It's free. No strings attached. We have a class that gathers on a Wednesday night that can help you in your new faith. And if you accepted Jesus, get baptized in water. We give opportunity the first Sunday of every month. And we're just so glad that you made that commitment. If you don't attend a Bible-believing, life-giving church, how many at Woodville will be pumped and honored if they joined us in the journey? Amen? I'd be pumped. I'd be honored. So, Pastor, I don't know what song's in your heart, but I, I feel the Lord saying to me to open this altar and believe that mountains would be gone, sickness would be gone, disease would be gone, depression would break, eating disorders would be gone, back pain would be gone. I'm just believing for miracles in this place today. I'm believing, you see, when you seek his kingdom, you ask him to be the center, take over my situation. When when you depend on his power, you say, God, I'm in trouble. I don't know what else to do. I need you to do a miracle. How many people believe God still does miracles today? Do you believe that? Do you believe it? So, church, may we always be a church that believes in the supernatural power of the living God. And as Pastor Brad begins to lead us, and you need a miracle, don't wait. Come and stand at the front. I want pastors and board members and altar workers to come and we're going to believe. We're going to believe for the supernatural in this place. Just lift your hands. Father, as Pastor Brad begins to lead us, I pray that the windows of heaven would open over this place and divine miracles would happen in this place this morning. So God, we invite you to set people free, heal the sick, do the supernatural in Jesus' name. Amen. You need a miracle. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Pastor, begin to lead us. Church, let faith rise. Upon your it is a firm foundation that I will put my trust in you all. and I will not be shaken and I will build my life upon your 
lift their hands to the heavens. I just want to lead us in prayer. And after I pray, I want to step off this platform and join these friends who've come to the front. And after I pray, if you need to go, go with God's blessing. Father, thank you for our time this morning. There's many who have walked the front and are standing at this altar right now. They need a miracle. And we pray miracle in the name of Jesus. We pray disease will be gone. We pray we pray whatever the need is, it would be fully met in you. I thank you, God, for our time this morning. Help us, God, to seek your kingdom in every area of our life. Help us, God, to depend on your supernatural power in every area of our life. And help us, God, to always live for your glory and your honor. Help us, God, to take God risk outside of our comfort zone. And I pray, God, that the truths that we've looked at this morning would resonate in our spirit. And I pray, God, that you would take this church and use us greatly in the days ahead. Bless these wonderful people, Lord. Give us a great day and a great week. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor. Thank you for our time. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Pastor Brad's going to keep leading for a little longer. And we want to pray for those who've come to the front. And if you need to go, God bless you.